Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. And welcome to Mission Unstoppable. I am so glad that you're here with us today because this is a show you don't want to miss. (laughs) How does one become a diva? A true diva. Where does the journey start? Today on Mission Unstoppable, our guide is a true diva. She's a Nollywood superstar, a performer in the truest sense. She's a singer, dancer, television, radio host, a writer, acting coach, mentor, educator, businesswoman, world change leader, and a recognized humanitarian. Who is with us today? And she is going to take us on a journey through her life, beginning in Benin, Nigeria, to her home in Atlanta. Come and meet this incredible woman with us. She has been entertaining audiences for over two decades. She truly is unstoppable. Please meet Stella Damasus. Hello, Stella. Welcome. Hi, Frankie. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, it's our pleasure. I'm just so excited that uh, our audience gets to hear all about you and to meet you because you really are just absolutely so fantabulous. Thank you. you I'm so glad. So tell me, Stella, what is the earliest memory that you have about entertaining people or wanting to entertain somebody? Okay, I think I was five years old, and we had gone to my mother's village to spend Christmas, and um, my grandfather knew that I loved to sing, and the adults were singing, and then I just jumped in front, and I started singing, because I just had this thing for making people smile, and I always liked it when people enjoyed my music, so I just started singing, and my grandfather called me and said to me, you were born a star, you are going to be a star, and and my name, Stella, you know, is actually... Yeah, star. Meaning star, so he says... You're going to be a star and people are going to try to stop you, but don't let them because what I see in you is so huge that, you know, the world will have to hear you. And I'm like, okay. So (laughs) that was my first major award, you know, ever. And I knew that, okay, this is who I am. And that's, that's where it all started actually, my grandfather. Yeah. Nice. That's great. (laughs) Now, I know that you're a lot younger than I am, and, you know, I don't know about the television over in Nigeria, but do you remember a young star named Shirley Temple? Yes, I do. I do. And everybody, I remember being a little girl, and she tap danced, and she sang, and I go, mm-hmm. oh, how fantastic is that? I want to be Shirley Temple. I think yeah. a lot of people wanted to be her, because she was so cute, you know, just with her little dimples and everything. I can just imagine that you you looked similar, although... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The black version. <laughs> Shirley Temple, exactly. That's hilarious. But, you know, when you were a little girl, and yes, you enjoyed singing and, and, and performing, did, but did you think that's what you wanted to do when you grew up? No. I actually thought I was going to end up being a psychologist. 
Ah, um, yeah, a child psychologist. That's what I always thought I would I would do. And then I thought I would teach psychology as well. I don't know why psychology. It was just in my head as a kid, because I just knew that there was something about me that I couldn't explain with words. I knew that there was something about the mental state of of man that really intrigued me. But I was looking for a medium to express that. And over a course of my life, I just realized that it wasn't psychology. It was actually acting and being different people, you know, Mm -hmm. so that people could get to see other characters through me. And I was so intrigued by that, that my thoughts of being a child psychologist just changed into becoming an actor. I never thought I would do acting, but (laughs) it just became something so big in my life that it took over every other thing that I thought I was doing. Because I actually did study sciences in school, Mm -hmm. but then after a while, I just woke up one day and said, no, this is not me. There's more to me than just being a doctor and sitting down in one place. I need to express characters. And that's how <laughs> that's how it all started, you know. So, I yeah. think you, I didn't count, you know, one by one, but it looks like you probably did somewhere between close to 60 to 70 movies. Uh-huh. More than that, Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how young were you in the first movie that you ever did? I think I was 16. Okay. 16, yeah. And that movie came as an accident because I didn't really go to audition for the film. A friend of mine came to visit and said she was going for an audition and she just wanted someone to go with her. And I did. I waited for her for her to finish auditioning. And then when she was done, we were about to leave and someone walked out of the audition room and it was a director. And he says to me, have you been in for your own audition? And I said, no, I didn't come to audition. And he says, why? So I said, you know, I'm not interacting. I just came with a friend. And he says, I like the way you speak. I like the way you look. Could you come in and read for me? I didn't have the faintest idea what auditioning was <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. So I walked in there and I was laughing. I took the script and I just read. I thought I just read, you know, just a simple read. And I walked out. And three weeks later, they came to look for me where I was working as um, a voiceover artist and I, I used to sing jingles in the studio for brands and stuff. And then they came and said, look, you got the role. We want you to be a part of this film. I'm like, are you joking? Wow. <laughs> I was paid to act. And I'm like, really? I really enjoyed it. And that, for me, that was the beginning of, of all of that, yeah. <laughs> How extraordinary is that? And was your family on board with all of that? Did they think that was really cool? or Nope. I had issues because growing up in Africa um, at that time, doing entertainment for a woman was really frowned upon. They saw you as um, a dropout or as a wayward person, someone mm-hmm. who wanted to go with the limelight and and, the, and become a person of the night. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, yeah, like really slutty kind of. Yes, yeah. exactly. So my family actually... What we call it disowned. Some people here call it emancipate. Yeah. <laughs> they actually cut me off from my family for really? three years. Yes. I didn't speak to anybody in my family for three years. I didn't see them. I didn't, They just didn't want to have anything to do with me because at that time they thought I was bringing shame and disgrace to the family name. So they cut me off thinking that I would end up being a forgive my French a slot or something yeah. and not go yeah. to school. But at the end of the day, I actually did go to school, graduated with amazing grades and became so big in my country that my family were addressed as Stella's family. It was no longer Damascus. It was Stella's mm-hmm. father, Stella's mother. And then they got to understand, you know, what I was trying to do. Then they, they accepted it and... You know, they went How hard the was it, though, for Stella, for you to forgive them? 
it was hard because it took the birth of my first daughter for them to actually look for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I really didn't know much about pregnancy because I was married and I was pregnant at 21 without support. Wow. You know, so um, I didn't really know much. So I, I did everything based on I was watching different people and I was learning on the job. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was about to have the baby that I saw my mother for the first time in three years. And um, when I finally had the baby, my family came together. And that was the first time they were actually friends with my late husband and all of that. And it was tough, but I had to because you can't choose your family. You can only choose your friends. So God gave me those people as my family. But I could understand where they were coming from. They were afraid of what would happen to the family name and, you know, what people would say because they knew what came with being an entertainer and the Mm -hmm. media and all of that. They were afraid of that. But at the end of the day, family is family. (laughs) You can't throw them away. (laughs) It's such a different culture, isn't it? You know, between between Africa and and North America. And here it's you're so revered to be a star. And, yeah. and at, you know, even back then, and, and you know, people would have been happy to have been yeah. movie stars. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, you were kind of thrown, thrown away. What did your family look like? What did it consist of? Brothers, sisters, how many? I have uh, four older sisters. Um, and then I had a brother who was the only boy, but he passed away in 1991. He was just 10. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there are five of us girls. I'm the last girl right now. So, yeah. Wow. And were your sisters, um, were they jealous of you or did they want to be you? (laughs) Um, The fact is, they actually were the ones that studied the arts, but they were not allowed. Yeah, they were not allowed to do what they studied. So I actually, in the beginning, sensed a little bit of resentment. But after a while, I started to understand that it was hard for them to see what they wanted but couldn't have. Right. Yeah, and I put myself in their position and I understood why they felt the way they did. So I had to understand and calm down and, you know, talk to them about it and make them understand that, you know, I had to because they were not as crazy as I was. I was crazy to walk away from your whole family because Mm -hmm. of entertainment, but they were not that crazy. They were the good girls. So after a while, you know, they started to understand why I had to be crazy to pursue my dreams and what I wanted to do, and it worked. So right now we're best of friends. <laughs> so you you were you were away from your family for three years. You got married, pregnant, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and continued to have a career. Yes, and went to school. Very outstanding, and went to school. Yes. That's very very you know hard to do. Yeah, extremely hard. Extremely well, hard. Who looked after your baby? I did. I oh, used to strap my child everywhere I was going. Oh, okay. And when I had to go, because I did a five-year course instead of four years so that I would have time to take care of my child. So I was going to school from five in the evening till nine at night. So What did you study? Was this, this was beyond high school. Yes. In, yeah. in college, I studied theater arts in the University of Oh, theater of arts. Vegas. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, awesome. Um, Good for yeah. you. Wow. <laughs> you know, a woman, a young woman, you know, yes. she was totally unstoppable away from her family, a new career, in college, getting great grades, had a baby. How was your marriage? My marriage was awesome. It was rocky on the outside because of the media Mm -hmm. and what people get because my husband was in the PR industry, but he was also a singer. We were in a band together. Okay. So Yeah. So before he died, we were really best of friends. It wasn't easy because we were a young couple. 
And um, I, I, I had a child at 21, so I would take care of my baby from morning till evening, and then he would take over when he comes home from work. It was really tough, but we knew what we wanted, and we decided to stick together and make it work, and it did. Really That's good. fantastic. Well, we, we're speaking to Stella Damasus. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. We're going to go to a break, a commercial break. Uh, but when we get back, you're going to hear the beautiful sounds of Stella's voice. We're going to talk about what it's really like to be a star, how hard or little you have to work. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to talk um, about all of the wonderful and amazing humanitarian things that Stella does, her Stella Damasis Arts Foundation, a diva, and a whole bunch more. Don't go anywhere because we are going to come right back and you're not going to want to miss one second of this action. Right, Stella? Yes. Go check her out. StellaDamasis.com. Here we go. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's marching get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never heard. Believe it or not, there are times when even I can't think of the right word. The inability to think of a word is called lethologica. Texas Monthly Magazine recently came out with some colorful homespun sayings. Old as dirt and common as cornbread in the Lone Star State. Did you hear about the Texan that could strut sitting down? But he was all hat and no cattle, which means very boastful, but with nothing about which to boast. On top of that, he don't know a widget from a wangdoodle or a diddly squat. His wife was a mighty strong woman. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. She was always telling folks that he was so tight, he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo screamed. She also said he was famous for calling the hogs all night or snoring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. It's Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. My guest today is Stella Damasis, and we are going to hear one of the beautiful songs off the alternative album called We Cry Holy. Just relax and enjoy.
And that is a beautiful sound of Stella Damasis. Wow, what a powerful voice you have, Stella. It's so Thank beautiful. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a gift. Oh, my gosh. Now, that, you know, obviously is, um, uh, you know, has religious overtones. Is, yes. You know, God is very, is great for you. Yes. Um, not all of your music is... Uh, gospel. Um, yeah, it's gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do you do all kinds, correct? Yeah, I do. I I do different types of music. In the album, the alternative, there's a wedding song, a love song as well in there. But for this one, I decided to make it predominantly gospel because that's what my heart wanted me to do. So <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to do that, and it's 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 been causing a lot of controversy around me, though. Really? Yes, a huge one because there's this issue with entertainment and God that mm-hmm. you know people are not able to put both together as being in the same place because they don't think that entertainers, you know, would necessarily go all out publicly and do things in the gospel. They feel it's a conflict of interest, but I don't think it is. So, yeah. So I've been, (laughs) where do they think your talent comes from? I, I really don't get it because they feel, oh, we're actors. We do all kinds of things on TV in front of the camera. How dare you come up and, you know, do any Jesus thing in front of people and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it's who I am. You know, I have a job to do. I do my job, but I can't step away from my faith and what I believe in. And, you know, that's right. what I'd rather represent. Yeah. That's very interesting. Wow. I'm surprised Ooh. to hear that. Now, is that predominantly in America or in Africa? Oh, in Africa. Oh, in Africa. Okay. Yeah. Because here I, I I see a little bit more of, you know, people always, you go to the awards ceremonies, it's always, I want to thank God first. Yes, know? yes. Yeah. You, you know, with, with this place, I mean, what the one huge difference that I've noticed, in America, people are able to speak their mind freely. They say mm-hmm. what they want to say, regardless. But in where I'm coming from, you have to be careful. We're not, people say freedom of speech, but there's really no freedom of speech when you're in there, or, you know, when you're from there. So it's it's something, it's a culture that we grew up with. We have to be careful what we say. You can't mix this and this. You can't mention this and this place. Even on the radio, if you have a radio show, in, in especially in Nigeria, there are some things you cannot say on your radio show, even if it's your thought, your opinion. You know, the broadcast uh-huh. networks and, and the organizations, the, the associations will tell you, they will give you a list of things that you cannot talk about. You so know, would you say it's extremely conservative over yes, there? Yes, yes, it is. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is very conservative, and um, a lot of us who are are termed crazy, we always have issues. <laughs> we are non-conformists. So. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Well, let's let's talk a minute then. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, the Adiva uh, the Foundation. It's the initiative that that you started. Uh, it's a mentorship program for women and girls um, to unlock their potential. And you actually say using God's word and principles, yes. uh, they can become the best that they can be. So what would happen? You, how do these girls get to find you? How are they chosen? What, what do they do in the, in the foundation? The thing is, they just find me. <laughs> Before I started, um, a lot of young girls who wanted to be different, uh, they just found my email address, you know, they would write to me and say, hey, I'm going through XYZ and I don't, I can't talk to my parents about it because they probably won't understand. I need a mentor, I need somebody to help me or I want to be in the entertainment industry, but I don't want to do drugs, I don't want to do alcohol, I don't want to, you know, sleep with the producers, how do right. I get it done? Because we noticed that, you know, you are your own person, you don't conform 
conform to society. So they write to me and I end up writing to them one-on-one. And it was very tedious for me. It was tiring to try and respond to every young girl that reached out to me. So I said, okay, I would do something and use all their email addresses to communicate with them and say, hey, I have a show in Abuja or I have a seminar in Lagos, you know, or join me in Mm -hmm. Harcourt for those of you who live there or those of you who can get there. And the first time I did it, it really worked. I had hundreds of girls who really wanted to come and listen to me talk about womanhood because the first thing I did, the first theme was let's talk about God, men, sex, money, and everything in between. (laughs) That was my theme. And they were so interested that I was so shocked because I I intentionally put using God's words, but I had like 30% Muslims. Young girls, they actually came. And I was like, okay, I thought they would be be wary of the fact that I'm more of a Christian who would Mm -hmm. talk about God. But they didn't mind because they just wanted to be mentored. They wanted to be positive. And that's when I realized that positivity has no religion. It has no color. Anybody out there can, you know, look for positivity. And that's how Adiva started. I had a mailing list of tons of women and young ladies who wanted, you know, positive encouragement and motivation and they wanted to be taught how to go about their business or how to get into the entertainment world and stuff like that. And then I set up a, a group. Adiva was born. We started doing seminars in different parts of the country. I actually took it out of my country to Cameroon. And um, and it just kicked off from there, you know. And it was and it was that. And, and then we have a, a group on Facebook. We also have the blog and all that. So they, they send me messages and I talk about what their concerns are. So... Isn't that fantastic? Well, you actually just brought up something interesting because, you know, in in the entertainment industry, especially for young girls, it it isn't uncommon. You know, you hear the stories about having to sleep with a director, having to, you know, do things that you don't want to do just so that you can get, you know, the gig, so to speak. So um, did that happen to you? Well, I came into the industry as a very young and crazy girl who had a lot of mouth. That's what they would say in my country, had a lot of mouth, meaning I didn't I didn't care who you were, I would tell you exactly how I felt. So people right. were <laughs> people were conscious of this little girl with a lot of mouth and they didn't want this girl to talk, you know, about them. So and I always say that the way you carry yourself will determine what somebody can do to you or mm-hmm. try to do with you. Mm-hmm. If you go in there feeling, oh, I can do anything, I will do whatever it takes to get the job, then they will approach you to do stuff with them. But if you go in there saying, if my talent is not good enough to give me the job, then I'll walk away. I'm not afraid to walk away, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it did happen to me. People did approach me, but I didn't give them the time of day because I was stubborn like that and I would tell them <laughs> off. <laughs> I can <laughs> see that. See the young Stella doing that we're gonna go to a commercial break in just a moment keep that visual young Stella telling them off I'm not gonna do that you're gonna do you don't want me too bad for you I'm out of here and of course you know this is Stella learning to be the diva that she is today (laughs) take notes everybody take notes (laughs) you don't have to do what you don't want to do to get what you want yeah lesson number one so don't go anywhere we're coming right back with more Stella Damasis more diva Here we go. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's words you never heard. Laughter was such good medicine. Ancient Greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed. 
In the 1300s, surgeon Henry D. Mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room. Dr. Mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such. That's a person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs. We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves, and 30 times more when we are in a group. Laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cackinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cackinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The goal for each of us is to be active. Every day, I encourage you to get up and get moving. Put your body in motion and watch your mood change in a positive way. Your outlook on life improve, your energy increase, and many more affirmative things happen to you. Remember that you don't need to be an athlete in order to be fit. I hear that excuse quite a bit. Some people think that since they're not athletic, they can't be fit. Nothing could be further from the truth. It does not take athleticism to walk on a treadmill or outside. You don't have to be an athlete to swim laps in a pool or to take a yoga class. I'm not athletic, yet I am fit. So don't let your excuse for not being active be because you're not an athlete. No matter what your coordination level, you can be fit. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. And here we are. We're back. Mission Unstoppable on your way to becoming a diva. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how you are at the end of this show. Well, Stella Stella had her uh, diva and she's teaching these young women and girls, you know, and answering all their questions because who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it except Stella? (laughs) So you're the Stella Damasis Arts Foundation and that's um, where you're, you're teaching young, young people to become actors. Or is it yeah, just not just, not just actors. Yeah, it's just the arts. We taught them acting, singing, and um, public speaking. Nice. Yeah, we did that. You know, I'm one person that says if if you find that there's a problem with something, instead of complaining, do something about it. So a lot of us were complaining about the quality of actors, the quality of singers, and people who speak. People don't speak properly, you know, and all of that. And instead of complaining, I just thought to myself, how can I do something to help, especially people who can't afford to go to um, proper schools for that? And in in Nigeria, we really didn't have um, film schools or acting classes or anything like that at that time when I started. Mm -hmm. It was just one in the whole country, you know. And then I looked at it and I said, if I can afford it, I would just get a building you know I don't mind teaching because I had to teach every day of the week myself to, to right. get the foundation running and then I called for an audition I said if you want to be an actor a singer or you want to speak better you know come for an audition if you have the talent then we can teach you the skills and I was amazed at the turnout people really came in and we got the first set of students I got professionals in the industry to actually help me as well I got professional singers and musicians to come train them and we're teaching them and doing a lot of work with them and it was because I, in, in the two years that it was running before I left, we graduated almost 120 students and they came to school for three months for free, totally wow. free. 
everything they used, their writing materials, their T-shirts, everything was totally free. And sometimes I would feed them because they couldn't afford it, but they had so much talent and didn't know how to acquire the skills or how to use it or the platform. And I just knew that I could do something about it. And, and that's why I set up the Stella de Arts Foundation. And it's that's been doing fantastic, well. Stella. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Look at her, everybody. <laughs> you, you have a thought, you do it. And that's, it's kind of that easy sometimes, you know, yeah, you see fun. a need. But, but in Nigeria, there's a lot of accents. I mean, people speak French, they speak English, they speak African. I don't know what else they speak, but they speak a lot of different dialects. I know uh, not everybody sounds the same. Yes. So it's, it's, right. um, Something, I guess, that, uh, you know, if you're in the movies, you, you need to be able to... You have to be able to speak proper English so that... Right. Because sometimes we send our movies abroad and they send it back to tell us to subtitle. And we're like, it's an English movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, oh, well, some accents are different. We can't understand what some of the actors are saying. And I'm like, this can't be happening because that's why sometimes we put our films in festivals. It's not right. accepted. We don't win any awards, nothing, because they're having problems with it. But when we do our traditional movies where we speak our traditional language and mm. we subtitle, then it's better. But when right. it's time to do an English film and speak proper English, it's a problem for a lot of us because of the way we were raised or where we were raised. So, right. um, yeah, so I had to... And, and, and speed. You sometimes you speak very yeah. quickly, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, but it's a huge industry. Nollywood is huge. Mm-hmm. It's very big. It's like the third largest in the world right now. After Hollywood, Bollywood, the next comes Nollywood. And um, it has been growing. It has changed the face and the name of Nigeria because, trust me, some years ago when you hear the name Nigeria, you would just think about 419 and the fraud and the scamming right. and all of that. And then after that, it was just the oil and the sports, but after all that, the movie industry came and took over, and it became the calling card for Nigeria. When you meet a Nigerian, you ask, oh, do you know this broadcaster? Do you know this actor? Do you know this person, this singer? You know Two-Faced, Dibanj, Timwa Savage, and all of that, you know? So we started changing the face of that. And then the economy as well started changing after a while because we were bringing in money into the country because people were buying our movies from all over the world. Every Nigerian in every part of the world wanted to see what we were doing at back home and stuff like that. But it was just very painful that the government didn't understand that they, they were supposed to have supported the non-oil sector like the, the film industry, just like mm -hmm. India did. And that's why we're still having setbacks because the Indian government were able to support their industry. So we were hoping that the Nigerian government would support the industry and, you know, set up training facilities for people, give us permits to work in airports, the stations, and all of that. You know, set up a film village or things like that. But right. it didn't happen. And so we're still all independent producers trying to struggle to get it right. But we don't have the budget. We don't have the funding. We don't have the support. So um, it's based on personal effort. The fact that it's big today is because mm -hmm. people were, were very determined to make it work. And we used our personal funds to fund our own movies. And that's what we're still doing till date. So, but we're glad that we're making the impact that we hope, you know, we hoped that we would make. So, I have yeah. to say that the Nigerian women are absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. Really <laughs> a lot of beautiful women in your country and men. And stylish. Yeah. Very stylish. Yes. We're very beautiful women. Very. Yes. And I, it just hurts because we're not respected as we should be. Mm -hmm. We're beautiful, we're stylish, and we're very hardworking, mm -hmm. very. But we're not respected, um, we're not valued as much as we should be, we're not protected, our rights are not protected. And most of the time, they don't want the women to get educated, which is, which is a setback. 
Yes. You know, because if you remove education from the life of a woman, you have really destroyed a lot of generations without realizing it. You know, so those are some of the things that we are still fighting till today. You know, let girls learn. Let them go to school. Let them know what their rights are. Let them have the opportunity to choose who they want to marry and where they want to be and what they want to study. Well, I think that, that you're going to have a little bit of help from, you know, the United Nations uh, Global Goals, because that is, you know, definitely um, the top three goals. And one of them is is that every every girl gets educated. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a wonderful goal to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you <laughs> you have a blog and a vlog and I was watching <laughs> vlog and it's so fun and fun. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It, <laughs> it's you. fantastic. Uh, tell folks how they can go and watch that. Um, on YouTube, if they just type Stella the Master's Diaries, they'll find all the episodes that I've done so far. I can't go crazy sometimes, I know. So that's that's on YouTube. And um, if they, for my blog, it's just my name, StellaDamasasBlog.com. They will find all the things. That I've been blogging for about, what, four, five years, four years, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four years now. I've been blogging for about four years. I really don't make too much noise about it because for me, it's. I don't. I didn't want anybody to influence what I write. I wanted to write mm-hmm. from my heart because people say you should sell your blog to brands. You should sell your blog to this. And I'm like, my blog is personal. You know, it's not like a business, business, money making venture. I because I want to have full control over what I say to people. It's, right. it's my way of expressing myself. I have other things that I do for business that brands can use, but. My blog is very personal. That's where people can know my heart, know where I stand, know what I stand for. And it's very interesting to know how my mind works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you stand for is you're really against child brides, very passionate about, about oh, that. Yeah. Do you know somebody or did something happen or like what makes you so passionate about that particular? I know a lot of people, a lot of young girls that I met in the North. Yeah in Lagos, people who have been married off, because I was working with an organization called Project Alert. Mm-hmm. It's um, something that deals with domestic violence. And when I started working with them, I met a lot of young girls, 12, 13-year-old girls who were already mothers, who mm-hmm. were married off, but they had to run away because they were tired. They were married to men who were about 50 years old, and these girls oh, were just 10, 11. Wow, and eh? men would beat them. And they would have to have children at the age of 11, 12, and they would run away, and the men would go look for them with the police and all of that because the police will always support the man regardless right. of what he's doing. So, right. I mean, it, it just, I, I couldn't sleep after a while. And I'm like, this is not fair. We are in what century now? You can't, right. you can't do this. And when, when you marry these girls off, they can't go to school anymore. That's the end of their education. And the mm-hmm. cycle continues because when they have children and they're lucky enough for their kids to be alive, when their daughters turn 10, same thing happens. They marry them off. And if, the, if we don't do something about it, the cycle will continue and it will affect a whole generation mm-hmm. and more of, of girls who are supposed to become something, who are supposed to lead, who are supposed to be businesswomen and, and do great things. But you destroy their lives just because of a silly old-fashioned tradition and because of a, a few perverted men who would not put this thing into the Constitution. And I'm like, that's, that's not, it's not happening. I actually went on Al Jazeera and I went head-to-head with the Senate who actually married a 15-year-old girl. And I was crazy enough to go. It's on YouTube, actually. I was crazy enough to fight him and say, this this is not right. You can't do this. You have no right to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm very passionate because I see these children and I'm like, this person could be the owner of a big business. You know, right. she could be a, an actor. She could be something, but their lives are just... Are the parents and, getting paid? Yes. 
Yeah, so the parents can be. And what about what about female circumcision? How prevalent is that? Oh, that is still going on. That's another battle altogether that we are fighting. Yeah. And it's so crazy because the reason for, for doing it is so silly. They, they say the reason is to stop the girl from enjoying sex so she doesn't become a, a slut. A whore. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? Oh, my God. <laughs> it causes so many problems for them. Oh, yeah, a lot. A lot of problems. Oh, that's just so cruel. So yeah. cruel. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a lot of battle that we we have to Time fight. Time funny. Yeah. Strange creatures are men. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely strange. I'm still trying to understand them. <laughs> so so um, you know, I know that I've signed petitions against child brides and 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 slavery and you know female mutilation and these are all things that you know if you go to Global Goals as well you can you can help fight against. But um, is there an organization that you support that you would like people to go to? Yeah, like I said, Project Alert Nigeria. Project Alert in Nigeria. Yeah, they okay. Do so so much and it's it's a lot of work they do there because I've been a part of it so I know what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Wow. So. How, how many, um, what's the population of Nigeria? <sighs> that's, that's, at first they said 120 million. Uh, I, I, I think it's more than that right now. Really? That's yeah. a really big place. Yeah, it's it a is. lot of people. It's a lot mm-hmm. of people. And, and, you know, to have that many people, you think, and, and to still be in an age where you, you know, you're selling your daughters off. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. Sometimes they don't even sell for money. They sell for food. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's how bad it is. That is so sad. That is so sad. Wow. Yeah, well, hopefully we can all get together and help stop this because it's uh, it's time. These girls deserve to have a life. And you're right. You know, uh, I think it was Thrive Magazine said, said that... Um, women are responsible, um, you know, really mm-hmm. innovation and feeding families and doing mm-hmm. all of these wonderful things. And without them, you know, it, progress really does stop. And, yeah. and so it's so important that, yeah. that we allow, you know, our girls uh, the room to grow. We're going to go to another commercial break. It's our last commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to hear uh, Stella's other song that she's sharing with us from her alternative album. And we're going to talk to her about a whole bunch more stuff. She is a incredible businesswoman. You are going to want to hear about some of her businesses, and you will be shocked. And all of that goes into being a diva. So take notes. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> we're on our diva journey. Yeah. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. When eating out, sushi is a wise choice. 
The Mayo Clinic says that most types of seafood are relatively low in calories and are full of nutritional benefits. The calories in sushi vary depending on the dish and how it's prepared. In fact, the same sushi dish may have a different nutritional profile when it's prepared by a different chef or made in a certain restaurant. This depends on the specific mix of ingredients. Generally, though, sushi can be included in a healthy eating plan. To reduce the calories in your sushi meal, avoid anything prepared with mayonnaise or added sauce. Begin your meal with low calorie soup. Pass over the shrimp tempura rolls and choose the cucumber rolls instead. Be sure to order the sushi without any rice at all because one cup of cooked white rice has about 240 calories. I'm Annette Hammond. Yeah, pump it up. How about that? <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm so excited. Stella Damasis is in the house. And we are talking about being a diva. And we are going to hear her other song that she's going to share with us. And we are going to talk about her businesses. I don't know what we should do first. Maybe we'll talk about business first. Then, Karina, you can set up, set up the song for us, if you don't mind. Um, Stella, you have a lot of business. I mean, yeah. you've got uh, a recording studio, a film studio, I think. Uh, yeah. What else is going on in your world? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm the co-founder of Index 2 Studios, uh, where we do film, documentaries, music videos, TV shows, and all of that. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of Mona Freak TV. It's uh, an online television station where we show you everything beautiful and positive about Africa, as opposed nice. to all the negative things that everybody else shows you, what the media, foreign media will show you. We want to show you the other side of Africa that people don't get to see. Um, I also have two radio shows that I do, Undiluted and When Women Praise. Um, what else do I do? Oh, gosh, I do so many things. It's crazy. Okay, so I'm a public speaker as well. I've been doing that for... So many years. I started in 2007. I started doing public speaking in 2007. I'm also an event host. I've hosted a lot of events. Um, I also do my TV show that airs in the UK, mm -hmm. Changing Lives with Stella Damasas. And Nice. Uh, yeah. So um, we also record music for recording artists, and we produce their music videos as well. And, have um, you done any concerts in the U.S.? Um, no, but I have performed in different concerts with other people, but I haven't done mine. I'm planning to do mine for my album launch because I haven't done a proper album launch yet. It's just released. Okay. So I'm planning that hopefully to do one in Atlanta and one in New York. That would be perfect. Awesome. Uh, yes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot more about Stella over here. Don't. <laughs> Let, let's play the man. Let's play the man. Okay. And we'll set that one up. And then we want to talk about your other man in your life. Okay. <laughs>
mean, that's a man. That's a funky beat there, Stella. <laughs> who, who wrote that song? Daniel did. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm a drummer, so I always appreciate when there's a funky beat. Really? That's awesome. I, I hardly see female drummers. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, I, I had a funk soul band and it was like, that's just like my most favorite thing to play. But oh. this was great. I can just see people, you know, moving and grooving to it. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Now that you brought up Daniel, Daniel's your husband. Yeah. Um, Daniel uh, uh, did a mannequin. I hope I said a that right. A Dominica. Dominican. Yes. Um, there's there was some controversy around you guys. I mean, obviously you're a diva, you're beautiful, and people <laughs> talk and be jealous, and there was talk that maybe you stole him away from his wife. Yeah, I mean it's still ongoing. So I'm it's still, still ongoing. Why don't you set it all straight? I did, but you know people choose to believe. Well, I'm right here on, on my show. Set it straight. <laughs> yeah, on your show. Yeah, I'm going to. The truth yeah. is, I don't I don't know how you can steal a person. When it's not kidnapped, I didn't go to anybody's house with a gun, 20 man's head, you know, and I'm a Christian. I wouldn't come into a, a home if everything is perfect and steal a man. I mean, I'm, I'm not ugly, so I can't look at myself and say I, there's no other person on earth who would love me, so I would go after someone else's husband. He wasn't right. with a wife when we started dating you know okay. they were broken up he had filed for a divorce he had sent divorce papers she had signed everything was done he had moved out everything was done he was in a budget he moved his son he moved you know and then we started our relationship we started mm -hmm. dating and we went through the proper channels we went through mm -hmm. the pastor we went to church i told them what had happened and all of that and we had a church blessing we did our registry we did a lot of things and we just wanted to get it right but i'm a very private person so mm -hmm. i really didn't go around to post pictures of this or that and i really don't talk about my personal life so a lot of people who didn't know what was going on because you know when you're in the media because she she is also in in nollywood as well she, she but she okay. does traditional movies she does yoruba movies so um when you're in a marriage and it's not working, you want to try as much as possible to hide it from the public because you don't want the media in your business. So for so many years, the marriage was done. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I was told, it was done. But they had to save face for the media so that their personal lives were not, you know, thrown all over the place. Sure. So when the marriage was completely over, they didn't discuss it with anybody else. They just went their separate ways and started living their separate lives until I came into the picture. Uh, okay. But it was when I came into the picture that everybody knew, oh, he's not with this person anymore. He's with Stella now. So because we were not aware that there was a problem in his former marriage, Stella must have been the cause of gotcha. his marriage breakdown. I'm like, right. come on, guys. I mean, how, how did I do that? How do I yeah. go and steal a person? How do you do that? Yeah. I still yes. don't understand how you steal a person. And if I was one to be seductive, then I would say maybe they would accuse me of seducing. But people who know me know how I am, how I dress, how I mm -hmm. talk, my personality. I don't dress skimpy. I don't show skin. I I, I have no business with, with being seductive or dressing provocatively or anything. So I'm like, how, how did I do that? I just met a man who had come out of a bad marriage. After my late husband passed, I tried marriage again. It didn't right. work. I had an eight-month marriage. It didn't work. And I was so angry. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. 
And so when I met Daniel, it took a lot for me to say yes. I prayed about it. I cried about it. I said, God, don't do this to me. Of all the people in the world, not this one, okay? I really don't know why this is happening. But when we met, we finally understood why we were meant to be together. Because mm-hmm. he is a producer who, write, who wrote songs but couldn't sing. I have been wanting to do an album for over 10 years, but I'm not a writer. I didn't know what to do. I knew that God wanted me to sing and praise him, but I didn't know what to do. And here I am meeting a guy who I didn't even know prior to us dating that he was into music. And he, he heard me singing one day and he was like, do you know that I do music? I'm like, that's, that's not true. And he says, I've written a lot of gospel songs, but I can't sing. And I'm like, I've been trying to sing gospel songs, but I can't write. Oh, yeah. So match made in heaven. You know, and then I'm an actor, he's a director, producer, so everything that I do now, he directs it, he produces it, and I'm like, man, and my, my, I have two daughters, he has a son, so we're a blended family, and I'm like, my daughters have been missing out on having a father in their life, and sure. they have a man that loves them to bits, I love my son to bits, like, I love him to bits, so when people came at me and started accusing me of stuff, it was very painful in the beginning, But then when I thought about it and I prayed about it, the first thing that came to my heart was, look, you didn't go looking for someone's husband. You know the truth. And if you know the truth, God knows the truth. That's it. You're fine. You know, let them say, let them feel it and think, but let God know the truth. And that's, that's all you need, really. So, Isn't yeah. she beautiful, everybody? Inside and outside. How old is your youngest and your oldest now? My oldest daughter is 17. Wow. Yes. And my son is eight. He's the oldest. I have a 14-year-old in between them, but my son is eight. Wow. So, <laughs> You're so yeah. lucky. You still have your kids around. My, my kids, I'm empty nest now. Oh. And I just went to uh, move to California, which is like a couple thousand miles away from me. And it was very oh. difficult. Even though she didn't live at home, you know, you know that, that they're still around. Yeah. yeah, they're still around. They're going to come for dinner, you know? I'm dreading it because my daughter has just one year left in high school, and next year she'll be off to college. I'm already scared because <laughs> I'm not used to being away from my kids. So I'm already dreading next year. You it's know, like she's has... your best friend. Yeah. yeah. She is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. But, you know, it happens to us all. We have to yeah. learn to let them fly. But, know. you know, you are a wonderful example, a wonderful mom, and and. You know, an example for all women, really, Stella, you really truly are. You. you know, the fact that, that you're an independent businesswoman, that you made choices for yourself, you knew to make choices, that, you know, you started these foundations and a diva and the Stella Damascus Arts Foundation, uh, you know, the vlog and, and just sharing your diaries and your views with the world. Um, all of those things, you know, create this... Um, not, not it, it kind of not the mystique because the mystique is explored, but yeah. but really just build layers upon you know what kind of a fantastic, fabulous woman you are. Uh, I, I'm absolutely amazed and astounded, and I'm sure everybody listening is as well. I mean, you truly are the epitome of diva, and thank you so much for you know for coming mm-hmm. on the show and sharing your music and Daniel's music with us. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic CD, and I really hope that um, you know when 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 it goes, it goes big, and that you get those concerts. That you totally deserve, and I can't imagine yes. why you're worth it. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, like you're gonna get them. I got something to introduce to you. Yeah, I'm gonna introduce you to so many. But you know, that's how it's gonna happen, and and you're gonna explode on America. North America is gonna fall as in love with you as Nigeria is. Wow, so. thank you so much, Frankie. I am so honored to be on the show. I've been raving about it. Even my sisters in Nigeria are so excited for me that finally you're gonna be on this show. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Go to www.stelladamasis.com. Do yourself a favor, download her music, uh, you know, watch her vlogs, read her blog, do whatever you can, Stella, because uh, she's somebody worthy and worthwhile watching. Thank you, Stella. Thank you. That's the end of Mission Unstoppable, where we are in the world. We love you. See you next week. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop.